I'm Captain Hoff, CEO of Founderspace, the leading global startup accelerator. I'm also author of the award-winning books, Make Elephants Fly, Surviving a Startup, and The Five Horses. Captain Hoff here with the Founders Space Podcast, and today we have an incredible guest. We have Mark Drager, the founder and CEO of Phantom Media. Welcome to the show, Mark. Captain Hoff, what's up, man? Mark, I am so excited to talk to you because you are an expert on building personal brand. That is your passion. Like you used to do big corporations and all that stuff, but that was soul sucking. And now you're focused on creators, entertainers, consultants, anybody with a startup, entrepreneurs. How do you build a personal brand? So first, tell us about your background. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you. So 2006, uh, at the age of 23, my my talk about founder stories. My wife just had our first child. She was a few weeks old. I'm 23. She has no job, and I decide I'm going to quit my job and start a creative agency. Now, if we go back to 2006, I'm sure right? she loved that. <laughs> she gave me permission, but my pitch to her was like, "Hey, if I do this for one company and make 45 grand a year, imagine how rich we'll be if we do this for 10 companies." And it, it didn't quite turn out that way at first. But, it but, never uh, does. But yeah, so we started this creative agency in 2006 and uh, focused mainly on video. And over the years, communications became marketing, marketing became advertising, big, huge agencies came down market, we grew up market. And flash forward to many years later, right before COVID hit, multi-million dollar company, 24 full-time team producing national commercial campaigns and spots and working with small brands and doing training videos and just making anything that anyone needed help with. Perfect. So you, you've done that. You, you have a lot of experience. Now, so many of us, like whether we're an influencer, whether we're, you know, run our own business, we're an entrepreneur, whether we aspire to something else, we need to build a personal brand. Because as we know today, like personality is everything. I know that. Like, that's why I branded myself Captain Hoff because it's easier to remember. So what do you see that works? What is your, the strategy you recommend for an entrepreneur out there or somebody else who wants to build this brand? Well, I mean, first step, like any part of business is you have to make an investment. Like you have to believe in yourself enough to make an investment in yourself. And that's either going to be time or dollars. I, I don't know why it is, but for some reason, there's a certain generation maybe or a certain uh, ma maturity level, let's say, in entrepreneurship where we somehow believe like we can just make a great product and people will find it. And that's it. Like, like I don't have to invest in myself because I'm awesome. And I don't have to uh, invest dollars in looking the part, showing up the certain way, understanding how to position myself or what to say, because my awesome product, my awesome service will carry us through. We know that doesn't happen. That's days. not true but at all, right? The world, <laughs> there's so much noise out there. There's so many people building personal brands, so many companies trying to get your attention. And some of them are very, very good at it. And others are learning. So how do you break through? Yeah, so, so I mean, in its simplest form, you need to make sure that you uh, look badass, <laughs> And say the you right look things. Look badass. Okay. So look, look badass you, and say the right things. I mean, so that's, what do you mean by look badass? What is looking badass? Well, so there's a few players in this. Okay. So, you know, I love, I love reading books and in extreme ownership by uh, Jocko. I don't know if you guys know Jocko or not. Oh, yeah. 
great book. He says, he says in, in war, the enemy always gets a vote, right? Like you can have the best plan, the best strategy, but when you show up to, to fight a battle, the enemy gets a say. In branding, in, in cutting through the clutter, the noise, everyone else, there's not just an enemy. There's, there's three votes here. There's what you want, so your vision, who you are, who, who, what you stand for, what you're building, what you want to help people with. But your customers and your prospects, they have a vote too. What do they care about? What do they want? And the marketplace and your competition, they've got a vote in this as well. And so when I say look badass, looking badass comes down to what's true to you, like the boldest, strongest version of you. Or if you're in, a, in another field and you need to be extremely compassionate and understanding, or maybe you need to be extremely knowledgeable and trusting, right? Like you need to look badass. You need to elevate yourself amongst everyone else, but you also have to appeal to your, to your customers or your audience. And you have to do it in a way that is different than everyone else in the market or the competition. And the so same process. Me, yeah, go for it. Let me interpret what you're saying. So the looking badass is everybody can choose from all these different podcast hosts, other personalities on Instagram. Why are they going to choose you? Like, what do you have that's exceptional, that captures their attention, that stands out from the crowd? So I think that's what you're saying by look badass. Like you, Well, they, I, can, I can get into when, the tactics here, but we often think the tactics are the things that are going to differentiate us, right? Like I have a landing page, I have a website, I have a podcast, I, I do But that's just, a, that's just a ticket to play. It's not enough. It's not the flavor, right? right? It's not like the essence. It's not the thing that like when you watch they, a movie, you're, you're in Hollywood, right? Like when you go out to produce stuff, Nobody's buying like it'll be a 90 minute film, right? Like they're buying like the essence, the feeling, the story, the way it, the way you experience it, right? Yeah. And, and so there's, I, there's an intangible I, here. I think of it like this. There's so many good products out there and good brands out there and they're things we like, but the ones we spend our time on are the ones we love. Like we fall in love with them. So maybe- yes. The being badass is why is somebody out there going to fall in love with you? Who, and then you talk about who is your audience? Like who are, or your customers, who are those people who will fall in love with you? And what do they want to, what are they waiting for to come along to fall in love with? What's <laughs> that's, their dream? That's basically it. Like, and we have a process that we can, we can get into or, or. Yes, let's get in. into it. I love stuff people can tactics. use. Tactics. Yes. Right. Okay. So, so I, we have a process we call core three and that's, it's built on the core three components for the, for, as I mentioned, there's three votes, right? The three core components you need for a strong strategy. Now I didn't develop this process as a brand strategy process. I developed this because when we would go out and work with a, a client to shoot a commercial, I, I suddenly had hundreds of thousands of dollars as like a 25 year old and I'm managing it and go, how the hell do I not screw this up? And so I developed this process over the course of many years. We've been using it for over a decade. We've produced $13 million worth of content using this process, but we've tailored it specifically for personal brands. And, and this is how it goes. If, you'll, if we'll go high level, you can interrupt me anytime you want. There's three core elements, as I mentioned. You, what do you want? Most people <laughs> do not have a clear vision of their future, do not have goals clearly defined. Everything's kind of fuzzy. They know they have experience, but they're not sure what experience is relevant. They, they know that they have a point of view, but it's not really sharpened or very clear. They know they have benefits, but the benefits, uh, who knows? So we work to discover everything there is about you. We work to distill the things that actually matter right here and right now. 
and then we define who you are and what you want. Now, once you know who you are and what you want, the next step of understanding your prospects, your audience, your customers is so much easier. And the, the basic theory is, uh, you know, if you were, <laughs> if you had a wedding coming up this weekend, the version of you that shows up to the uh, bachelor party, that's you, right? You're hanging out with your friends. That's you. But the version of you that shows up on Saturday to the church, very different version of you, right? <laughs> like you're not, you're not, uh, if this was a movie, you'd be doing blow off of like hookers, you know, belly buttons or something. That's not happening at church, but they're depends both. depends what church you go to, but yes. <laughs> In most cases, yes. <laughs> right, but they're both you. They're Theoretically, they're both versions yes. of you. So now that we know what you want, it helps us actually only focus on the customers, the prospects, or the audience that actually matters. It's not everyone, because once we crystallize the goals, it narrows down our focus. And so then we basically go out and we do an incredible amount of market research. Today, right here, right now, we have access to more data, more insights, uh, more information on what people are doing, what they care about, what they want than any other time in history. If you want to so know talk what- about, let's talk about an entrepreneur. So I have my customers out there. What do you recommend? How do I approach my customers to find out what they are really gravitating towards? Ah, like, good question. You don't have to approach your customers. Okay. Because, because there, there, there is, before you even approach your customers, like, just imagine this. Let's say that um, I wanted to know more about the coaching industry this morning. I went to Reddit and I spent an hour reading Ask Me Anythings and comments on the coaching industry. And I not only got a glimpse into what coaches thought and what in industry thought, but all of the really skeptical general public in Reddit who says this is a scam, who says, and they basically gave me so much insight in terms of the terminology and the language coaches use, what they care about, what they value, how they drive value from their point of view, but also what the skeptics think. They think oh, it's yeah. a scam. They think that it's woo-woo. But you're never, that, those aren't going to be your customers because if they're a no, skeptic, they're never no, going to be your customer. No, so but, It's the people who believe are going to be your customers. They already believe in coaches. They're waiting for a coach to come along. Yes, they, yes and no. Then but, you get on their radar. I don't think you can convert a skeptic. I think it's well, so hold on. There's, 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 yeah. a, I mean, we're going to get a bit from brand strategy here, but there's a spectrum, yeah. right? Yeah. And so there are, there are the people who will, will purchase just because you're at the right place at the right time and you look the part and those are winners. And that's, that's amazing. But you don't build your whole brand off that. Those are the easy wins. Yes. There are the people who are the skeptics who you will never convert. Why yes. think about them? Why waste time? And then there's the messy middle. And in that messy middle are people who, you know, it's, it's like you can be Democrat, you can be Republican, but the election goes with the swing voters, right? That's the people that you want to be able to build a strategy around. And those exactly. people will be on a spectrum from easier to convert to more cynical, more skeptical. And, and we have to be aware of that. If all we do is spend our time trying to win the low-hanging fruit, it's an incredibly competitive place to play. And if we spend the time winning over the people who are a little harder to win over, it's less competitive. Just no one wants to do that work. Right. So that's a good point. And so you're basically saying, find out their objections, find out what turns them off and what turns them on. Well, I mean, we have access today, like I said, data, like we know not only who our customers are, um, like, like we know uh, by zip code earning potential, we know ethnic makeup, we know what websites they go to, what they watch, what they subscribe to. Uh, we know political points of view. We can determine 
um, if people donate, like to what levels of uh, of of uh, uh, to what charities they choose to support, like. <laughs> Dude, like we 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 have access to market research that allows us to tap into 250 million Americans on a billion uh, devices with a trillion daily data touch points, and that's only one of our tools. And so when I say like, hey, you need to understand your audience based off of who you are, and then your audience. This is not personas. This is not you know Sally the 30 year old or Jimmy the 40 year old. Like this is this is like what people want, because truthfully. If you can tell people what they want to hear, think of an ad, the first few seconds. Think of a pitch. If you can craft your whole product or service to perfectly connect with what people want. Now, they may want something they don't need. You may need to later in sales go like, here's what you want, and then actually deliver what they need. But, mm -hmm. but as soon as we can tell people what they want, their ears are open. They're, they're engaged. They are hooked. We're, we're like feeding we're, we're like feeding them the food they want right I now. think that's a really good point because a lot of times we, we know or we think we know what they need. So yeah. we will be selling that and we'll be selling it in our language. Oh, of, that is such a good point. Operational language. I sit down with people and I'm like, okay, tell me about your product. And they get into operations. I'm like, yeah, but that none of that matters. And I go, how about we explain it this way? And they go like, well, but that's not what we really do. And it's like, but does anyone really care at this point? Like, this isn't a court of law. I'm not a journalist. I'm not like trying to dictate history here. I'm trying to engage people and get them just to start the conversation. So can so we building, break that language? So building a great brand is about figuring out, first of all, what your target customers really, really want. What's like top on their radar. And then giving that to them or giving the messaging in the language that they can relate to. Yes. So your brand again is, is how you show up, what you say and how you make people feel. How so you show up is, is true to you. And, but it's in the way your customers or prospects need you to show up. And it's in a way that your, your competitors are not showing up. And what you say is the same thing and how you make people feel. Well, it can be similar to your competitors, but, but we better do it better. So do you, do you recommend that if you're building a personal brand, do you spend time looking at other success cases, like people in your industry who have just broken through and spend a lot of time doing that? Um, we do. I wouldn't say we spend a lot of time on it, but, but your mm -hmm. competitors come down to a few different areas. There's real competitors and perceived competitors. Mm. So often when you look at the case studies, um, everyone's looking at them, you know, like, like you're, you're a podcast host. I'm a podcast host. If we were to look in our area and say like, Oh, diary of a CEO right out of the UK, really big numbers. Great, great podcast. Fantastic. Let's look at what, you know, Steven did. Let's look at how he built it. Let's look at that. That's all great. But chances are, he's not actually our competition. He's our perceived competition, our real mm -hmm. competition. If we're taking an entrepreneur, for example, who wants to sell to, I don't know, big ticket items to high net worth individuals, your competition isn't the person down the street doing exactly what you're doing. Your competition from a marketing point of view or a branding point of view may in fact be Rolex because Rolex is trying to get that, that woman or man's attention mm. or a vacation mm. because they're, someone's trying to sell them a vacation, right? Like, and, and, and so we often get very um, myopic. I used to work with a lot of lawyers mm. and I would tell them like, listen, we're, we're about to make a, a, an amazing, engaging project, a video. We're going we're gonna to try and do something to recruit people. 
No one is going to look at your thing and go like, wow, this is the greatest video I've ever seen from a law firm. No, like they're going to compare it to like Netflix and YouTube and Amazon, like all the stuff they watch. Nobody looks at this and goes like, this is an amazing law firm video. Wow. <laughs> bra. And, and I watch a lot of law firm videos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm a real so, connoisseur of what makes an amazing law firm video. Exactly. No. Yeah. You got to cut through the competition because there's so many things out. I mean, we're browsing the web. We're all distracted. We're going through social media. You know, the competition is everywhere. Right. And it's everything. We look, if we look at successful cases of like building a really amazing personal brand, Elon Musk always comes to mind. Like he's, the <laughs> does he though? Well, he, well, he's a master. He's, he's, is he though? <laughs> Well, you tell me. So I want your take on it. Like, what do you think of Elon Musk? What, what do you think he does right? What do you think he does wrong? Oh, is he something, is he somebody we can learn from or is he somebody we should run away from? Um, I think, I think it's too early to tell because if too you look early, at Elon, he has a hundred million Twitter followers. So he's proven. Yeah, but that's great. But, but he also, he also goes on Rogan and his stock falls and he also declares he's going to buy Twitter and he wipes out one third of his net worth. Like, like we have to look at past behaviors. If you go back and actually watch um, the, but, the documentary. But those, those are two different things. Like the, the Twitter thing was bad timing, bad decision, right? Okay. Really bad timing, bad decision. Uh, but his personal brand is still huge, right? Like he, he can, the whole Twitter thing just got him in the news, like <laughs> blew up his brand even bigger. Yeah. We didn't think it could get bigger, but he's like, literally every time I open my newsfeed, like he's, one third of the articles are about him. Well, so, and that and that's fair. I, I I think the reason why I wouldn't suggest looking at him, it's like let's look at Tom Cruise for personal brand. It's 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 at not it's at an unachievable level, but you hit a certain point where so Elon Musk's business savvy is what led to his personal brand. Warren Buffett's investment savvy led to a personal brand. Tom Cruise's acting led to a personal brand, and they later came along with with publicists and with other things to kind of sweep up and make something to follow along. The people that we work with, I think many of the people listening are not gonna, going to like become a NASA uh, astronaut like Chris Hatfield and then later go like, now let's build a personal brand. Most of us want to leverage our personal brand in our growth path, <laughs> like in, in the very thing to be able to launch new products, um, to be able to go out and get uh, uh, to be able to get a book deal, to be able to go out and maybe speak from stages or hit up uh, venture capitalists and to be able to I, I have some backing behind so you, you. You're saying you don't have to be famous to everybody. You no. have to figure out exactly who you need to communicate with to reach your specific goal. Like I want to launch a book. Your I want it to be successful. Goal. Exactly. Which is why we start with you, right? Crystallize that goal. Here's a great example. Someone came to us, um, one of our clients that we worked with a few times came to us with a really weird challenge. He licensed technology out of China and he had uh, America as his market. So, so he would work with this group that would launch products in China. If they were successful, he would license them and bring them to the States. He wanted to get a deal with Costco and a few other big players, Walmart, Costco and others. But to be able to do that, he needed to prove 30,000 units of sale direct to consumer. To get 30,000 direct-to-consumer sales, we needed a certain 18-month strategy to be able to sell those 30,000 units. That is a very unique challenge. That is a, that, that, that's exactly what we want. He, he's not coming here going like, I would like to start the world's greatest 
You know, this, this had to actually do with an automated garbage can of all things, but he's not like, I'm going to make the world a cleaner place. Like, like I'm going to make the world a better place. He, he's like, I have this technology. I need to sell 30,000 units as, as in 18 months to be able to prove demand so that way I can go out and get the contract. Great. Now we, now we understand, are we selling through Amazon and what is the price point? Are we selling direct to consumer? How are we generating leads? Like it becomes a very specific challenge. And when we're developing a brand strategy around who they are and who they need to be and how they need to show up and who are these potential 30,000 direct to consumer uh, customers who will make the purchase decision. I didn't know originally that men actually make overwhelmingly the number of purchasing decisions off of Amazon versus women, although we really? found out. Okay, uh-huh. men make uh-huh. more. And especially uh-huh. when it's a gadget like an automated garbage can? Perhaps. But then we also found out that many times women are making decisions using their husband's account. Ah. ah. And then we looked at, well, this is a small garbage can. So can it be used in apartments? Like, could it be used in apartments? And where does composting come into this? And what about, we found a new market. What about disposable diapers? What about like new parents? Ah. Right? It was only through how do we get 30,000 people and that challenge of like, how are we going to sell it? That suddenly we started opening up new, new markets, new prospects, new competitors, right? Now we're up, we're up against Playtex because Playtex has diaper genie. So, uh-huh. so this process reveals as you work through it step-by-step, step, starting with what you want, who these customers actually are. And once we understand, okay, should we go after new mothers or not because of the ick factor with <laughs> diaper juice was the term yes. we came up with. <laughs> ah, that's a right? good one. You invented diaper juice? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I invented it, but we, we, we dropped it into this campaign a lot, yeah. right? Like, and like, it worked. It, it yeah, worked. Like ick, ick. Yeah diaper juice, um, uh, like all of these terms that just, we wanted to create terms that just made your skin crawl a little bit. Um, and so we looked at, great, who that, what do they want? What does their audience want? Who's the competition? Playtex and all these other people. But we looked at affinity brands too. We looked at Honest Company, Jessica Alba's company to say, how are they targeting mothers and purchasing to people who make purchasing decisions at this age? What do they say? What do they look like? What do they care about, right? So, so we got this entire picture and once we got the picture, everything became really clear with what we need to do. And then we can start inventing stuff. What do we look like? What are the actual words? You know, is diaper juice a, like a little too icky for the market? <laughs> or is that what we're going for, right? Like we can then get into the making of stuff. But most people want to start with the making. And then later yes. they're like, I don't know if this is working or not. Of course you don't know if it's working or not. You just started making stuff. And just putting it out there randomly, like the shotgun approach. Now, I'm really curious, with the garbage can man, what was his badass? What, what did he do to make himself badass? Was he like Oscar the Grouch? or what? <laughs> No, so for, for with him, it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't a, actually a personal brand. These were, in the, mm-hmm. these were just before in the days before we uh, switched over to focus mainly on personal branding. But, but for him, the badass approach was we went all in on, on mothers uh, 30 to 40 years of age. We had to eliminate, um, we thought apartments would be in condos would be amazing, but it turns out nobody in apartments or condos uses garbage cans because they can walk it to the garbage chute. Mm. Um, we thought maybe rural people would be great. No, it turns out rural people don't care about some of these things because they just have a different lifestyle. So it, it really became like the, the suburban, um, like we really started to focus on the, the suburban professional mom. Mm. And uh, <laughs> we, we, we really, we really hammed up just 
be like like think of all of the different things you can combine on camera to make the grossest looking stuff. Ah. <laughs> so that's, so that, that's, that's amping what, it up. <laughs> that's what made them tune in. That's what made them say, whoa. <laughs> exactly. And did you put this out in social media? Did you put it out at Google AdWords? Well, what this was is their foundational brand strategy. So when, yes. they're, when we're working with them, this is, this is the foundation for everything that they can do. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean that every, every ad has to have ick. Like yeah. this, is, this is, you can test things and try things. But mm-hmm. foundationally, we were able to say, okay, this is who we're speaking to. This is what they care about. This is our price point. This is our competition. This is how we should look. This is how we should feel. And then we could create, you know, uh, I, they went uh, to direct sales. So we mm-hmm. were able to give them assets for their landing page. We created a commercial campaign for them that they would do. They would run ads against. We created um, uh, uh, like how-to videos to help with, with some of the lower funnel um, how does this work? And will it fit mm. for me to help people identify it in their area? And then we turned it over to them. Now, as a client, mm-hmm. they have that foundational stuff. Mm. Now they can build upon it. Yes, they can do social. And yes, they can do PR. And and they, they, they could have started creating viral videos if they wanted to. I mean, they can do anything they want with this foundational work. But, but without the foundational work, it's spaghetti against the wall. Absolutely. So now I want to go to a different example. I love these case studies because we're getting into the nitty gritty. I like that people can visualize it. Let's say a coach, personal yeah, coach. Perfect. I'm pers- let's, how do I build my brand? Zillion personal coaches out there. Some, you know, some are famous, some aren't. <laughs> what do I do? Where do I start? Like how, walk me through a case study. Well, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip over the like the three steps that I keep repeating because because step yeah, one is that. discover go to a everything specific you want. Case study. Somebody let's go let's go specific. So I, my my good buddy, I don't know if you if you know Evan Carmichael. Maybe some maybe some of your listeners know Evan. He's a he's a YouTuber. He has three and a half million subscribers. Um, we've been good friends for close to fifteen years now. And here, here's a perfect example. Evan has a he's an author. He's written published books. He's a speaker. He gets to hang out with cool people um, like, like Dean Graziosi and, and Ed Milet and all these cool people. And everyone's on him to say, like, you need to launch a program. Evan doesn't care about money. He would give everything away. <laughs> it does not bother him at all. But they're like, no, you have to, you have to be able to develop a funnel and you have to bring people in and, and all of this stuff. But mostly, he really wants to help people. People don't want free help. I don't know why. Like part of the, our challenge is like he would give everything for free and people don't want free help, but people will pay for help. And so uh, Evan being the master that he is at YouTube, he understands YouTube and understands the space better than almost anyone else. And all of the biggest names in the industry come to him for consulting and work with him behind the scenes. And so he decides he's going to launch this new product called Brandlytics. Now, Brandlytics is the idea that you would use, um, you would use analytics and data from YouTube to explode your brand on other channels. When people come to social media, like you, like me, like coaches, we get overwhelmed. Right? It's just like, I got to do TikTok and Instagram and I got to be on Twitter. And I now Pinterest is blowing up last summer and like, and oh, great. And like, what about this clubhouse thing that's going on? And now oh, clubhouse is dead now. Like, it's just, it's overwhelming. It's exhausting. Yeah. But, but what, what, you know, Gary V pr- proposes and, and Evan proposes and many people propose is like, you can use YouTube as your primary content source because YouTube pays money. So you, so you get recurring revenue. It gives you more analytics than any other platform. So you understand what, what content is retaining audiences, where there's little audience bumps and other things. So he has all of these strategies and all of these ways to help 
to help people, personal brands, speakers, coaches, what have you, to help them create content, build an audience, and then use the data to blow up on all the other channels. Now, when he comes to me, he's like, hey, Mark, I, I want to launch this program. We have nothing. Like we have, the way I just explained it to you, he couldn't explain it to me even that way. We had, we had nothing. And so part of the challenge for that, that I ran into in terms of even positioning this offering is it's like group, it's like group coaching. So you pay a monthly fee and you come, you drop in twice a month, but then there's also access to some extra online training. And there's a, there's a, a software component to it that you that you can use. So it's like, you're not buying a course. It's kind of group training, uh, but, or, or group mentorship kind of, but, but it's training related and it's following a course, but you're not buying the course and their software. Yeah. So confusing for people. Confusing as heck. Yeah. So, so we go through this process, Evan, what do you want? What do you want this to be? What is your vision? We look at his background. We, we try to figure out what is relevant. What is the social proof? How will it work? We look at his audience. What do, what do these people want? What's the difference between someone who's a speaker versus an author versus a coach versus a consultant? And what do they each care about the most? And how will they use this product or service? Or how will they use uh, YouTube? So that way we can, we can speak in their language. And then on top of this, what are we really selling? Are we selling, are we selling that you can blow up your audience? But if no one's on YouTube already, then we have to sell them on the, on, the, on the very belief, the very core concept here that you have to be on YouTube to be able to blow up your other brand somewhere else. So are we selling them on YouTube or not? Maybe, right? Like, so at, what did you, you come to down through, to? What did you, how did you figure out how to message this? <laughs> so what we, what we did was, was essentially looked at the, we looked at the different um, target audiences and we ranked them in terms of primary, secondary, and then kind of everyone else. So, so we weren't trying to speak to everyone. We looked, at, uh, we looked at people in another group, what comments they were leaving, and we spoke to some of, some of these people in another group who were getting some of these um, benefits from it. And then we looked at the way that other people package other types of training, not even in this industry, not even at all, because I needed some kind of business model or case to be able to, to look to say, well, it's kind of similar mm. that there's a SaaS, it's basically a SaaS component as opposed to anything else with, with like this drop-in component. It's not training, it's not education, it's not software, it's actually SaaS. You're buying into the fact that, that we will continue to level you up and give you this amazing outcome all the time as long as you pay a subscription and are willing to show up and do the work. Ah, mm. <sighs> now we can write copy. <laughs> So like basically, now we can create an offer. <laughs> right. So basically you're signing up for software as a service. That's what you're marketing. And then this software would deliver these results. And we just replaced software as a service with mentorship. Ah. Because what we realized more than anyone else is people wanted Evan. They wanted one-on-one ah. -on -one time with him. But he can't do that. He does it in the group session. So for two okay. hours, every two weeks, you get jump onto a group call. And because I know Evan... And I know he really cares about the people he works with. I even started to work in copy with, remember how I said, you got to show up and do the work. We did an email sequence, an onboarding email sequence that basically said, hey, the more that you show up and the more work you do, the more you'll get our attention, the more attention that you'll get from us, the more we want to help you. And, we're, and, and the cream rises to the top. We're mm -hmm. going to give you tons of love because mm. I know Evan would do that. Mm -hmm. And so with the onboarding sequence, it was like, here's a little, here's a little hack. Here's a little pro tip. See, this show is up often. 
do it all the time and you will get so much more because we are going to give you more. Wow. So this is, this is key though, because a lot of personal brands, people want their, that person's time. Yes. They want to engage. And we know that if you, that's not scalable. <laughs> so, so basically you are scaling Evan in two ways. So one, the group sessions, and then number two, uh, you had a, a software platform that they could engage with on their own with, without Evan even being involved and get that, get all the data and information from that. All, all, almost. And I just want to yeah. clarify because the product, because yeah. it's, it's all launched and the software is yet to launch. So, oh, okay. So just <laughs> for, just in case like, Hey, Evan, you're listening, you're going to call BS on me. Uh, yeah. The software is launching, but, but you touched on a point with coaching, like the scalable thing I've been to, I've been to tons of, I, I was at a conference in Tampa uh, last March where in the room, there were tens of millions, maybe even over $100 million worth of coaching that was taking place. There were 140 of, of the nation's leading coaches in the real estate investing space. Mm. They were all together. And every single one of them said that the real blow up to their coaching business was, was doing non-scalable things. Okay. Doing non-scalable things. Yeah, I know I don't want to give this person time. I know that I can't, I can't be on every call all the time. I know that I can't. And yet... When they built when they built a system to be scalable, it didn't have, as you mentioned, like that magic. It didn't mm -hmm. have that one-on-one. -on -one. So people build it in a non-scalable way and then start to scale out and start to, to, to offload some of the, the lower hanging backend stuff. But each time they would jump back in in an unscalable new idea that couldn't mm. be scaled, their business took off. Mm. Their business took off. And so I think the only reason I mention this is, is I think a lot of us are afraid to build these unscalable models, try these unscalable things, do these things that require a tremendous amount of attention and love. And yet those are probably the R&D breakthroughs we need to be able to come up with like the really amazing killer product. And then later, I guess we figure out how we manage it. <laughs> yeah, how we manage it, right? Bringing in people, there are different pieces you can break off and, and, and you make it more and more scalable because you have to, to survive. But if you don't get in the nitty gritty, so what you're saying is like, if you divorce yourself from engaging with your customers, you won't make those breakthroughs. Yes. <laughs> it's the person who doesn't want to go onto, onto their social feed and respond to any of the comments. Right. You know, and you, you, won't you, know you have people they... literally telling you what they think, believe, and want, like just yeah. listen to them. Yeah. Or hop on a phone call with somebody who's upset or somebody who's a super yeah. fan and, yeah. you know, and just start a zoom call and just start talking to them totally unscalable. But what you learn from that can, can transform your business. Really will, good. Point. Will transform your business. Will transform your business. So Mark, this has been fantastic. We are out of time now. We've actually gone over time because you're, you're, you're fascinating. Can you tell our audience how they can reach out to you? Well, the easiest way is head over to Instagram. My handle is at Mark Drager, uh, D-R-A-G-E-R. Uh, send me a DM. Let me know. Let's keep the conversation going. Let me know your takeaway from, from this talk. And if you want to check out what we do at Fanta Media, you can go over to Fanta.com. I'm sure the link will be in the description. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you liked it, hit the subscribe button and share it with your friends. You can help us create more great content by subscribing and sharing. Also, if you want to access our online startup program, our investor network, and our entrepreneur resources, just come to founderspace.com.